You know, Christmas carols are fun. You guys can find your seats if you like. Christmas carols are fun, aren't they? We listen to Christmas music on the way home today, or on the way to church today. And, uh, and all, all of my, my kids and I were singing at the top of our voices all the Christmas carols, because Christmas is just a fun, fun season. And so anyhow, guys, welcome. I'm glad you're here this morning. If you are new to City Church, we'd love to get you connected. And the fastest and easiest way is you can text into our office. We want to welcome those who are tuning in online. Uh, you all can do the exact same thing. Anywhere that you're located, you can text in. And it kind of starts a conversation with us. And we hope to get you connected around here. At the same time, we're also going to receive tithes and offerings this morning. And, uh, and so um, if you came prepared to give, you can do that this morning. You can do it through the drop boxes throughout the building. Or you can text in as well. And so you can text give in to the office and, uh, and, and, uh, and follow the steps that go along with that. Uh, let's, let's pray and receive the tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for how much you've blessed us, even in a crazy year like 2020. God, as we continue to honor you and, and be faithful to you uh, and returning the tithes to the house of the Lord, God, I ask that that, that financial uh, support will go um, exponentially far. God, it would just bless people and bless lives everywhere that it touches. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I've been anticipating Christmas. I've been looking forward to the possibility of having a phenomenal Christmas with huge Christmas parties and, and decorations like crazy. And, and I've been looking, and I'm realizing now that maybe, just maybe, this year's Christmas might look just a little bit different. It might just look a little bit different, a little less Christmas party, a little bit less this. And I'm like, oh, everything that I was anticipating, I don't know if it's really going to happen. But I want to tell you that there was anticipation back when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. And I want to talk about that anticipation and how it relates to us today. And maybe, just maybe, we can still have anticipation in our life. Now, you guys know I only tell bad jokes on holidays. And it's Christmas time. So here we go. Why does Santa so good? Why is he so good at karate? Because he has a black belt. Yeah, yeah, like four of you. I love that one. That's good. What, what nationality is Santa Claus? He is North Polish. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And why did Santa's helper feel sad? Well, because, because he had low elf esteem. Yes. <laughs> They're terrible. I know, I keep showing up. You guys keep coming in here in these terrible jokes. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But Thanksgiving is over, and it's full steam ahead, isn't it? Right into Christmas. How many of you guys already have a Christmas tree up? Let me see. Show of hands. How many Christmas trees? Oh, wow. Almost everybody has a Christmas tree up. How many of you guys have Christmas lights up? Yeah, wow. Okay, we got decorations. Oh, wow. That's, look at that. All these lights and decorations. Now, did you do it before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving? So if you were before Thanksgiving, or actually, to take it back, if you were after Thanksgiving, hands up if you wait till after Thanksgiving. How many before Thanksgivings, and how many of the before Thanksgivings you never took it down from last year? No? Nobody? You're not an annual Christmas light person? Every once in a while, you'll drive down the street, and you'll see someone with the annual Christmas lights. And you know, like in June, you're like, what are they celebrating? And you're like, they'll come up with some holiday. I come up with a holiday every Sunday to tell you bad jokes about, so they just don't call them Christmas lights. They call them Fourth of July lights, you know, and, and, and spring break lights, and whatever else we got going on. But we all have anticipation towards Christmas. And that anticipation can, can, can cause us great joy. 
It can cause us anxiety. It can cause us all kinds of emotions in the feels. We can get, our feelers can be influenced different ways based on what we're anticipating. Oh, I'm anticipating this huge Christmas party, or which again, this year, no, no Christmas party. But for some people, you're anticipating, well, I have to gather with family, and for some, that's good, and for some, that's add stress. I'm anticipating, I got to go buy presents, or, or am I going to buy the right presents, or, or maybe I just can't afford to buy presents this year, or, or maybe how am I going to do this, or how am I, and there's anticipation that connects to holidays all the time, but especially around Christmas. There's lots of anticipation. Anticipation actually allows you to experience the event more than once. Think about it. Ahead of time, you get all the emotions and the feels of what's going to happen, and then the event happens and you have the emotions all again. So anticipation allows you to, to feel it twice sometimes. So it can be anticipating the joy and feeling the joy twice. But let's be honest. It can be anticipating the pain and feeling the pain twice. The idea of waiting for something sometimes can make it more exciting. Looking forward to, to things is, is like half the measure of them sometimes. Anticipation is a gift. It is born of hope. And I think anticipation is one of hope's finest expressions. You know what I'm hoping for? Can I be honest? I'm hoping for this spring that this COVID stuff is going to subdue significantly. Now I know there's a realist in here somewhere. There's a realist online somewhere saying, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I have some anticipation and some hope. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you need a little bit of hope to be able to get through the storm. And we're in the middle of a storm in our country, in our world, and we need to have a hope. And what better hope do we have to hang on to than Jesus himself? He is the hope, he is the reason for the season and the hope that we can have and hang on to. The season, they call it the season of Advent. We have Advent calendars. We open it up and get a chocolate every single day. We got stacks of them. I open up like five doors every day. It's awesome. It's the best Christmas ever. But Advent means arrival, getting ready for the arrival of Jesus. Every day you're opening that little calendar and getting a piece of chocolate or whatever kind of countdown system you may have in your home. We have multiple countdown systems in our house just because in case we forget that Christmas is coming, of course. You know, never mind there's a giant tree in the living room with lights on it and, and all the other decorations. Then we have, we have the, the chocolate calendar thing that you open the doors. We have little mini stockings, like 25 of them, that like there's a little piece of chapstick or something in every one of these little things. And then on top of that, there's an ornament, a Snoopy ornament that has a clock on it that counts down the days and the hours and the minutes and the seconds all the way down to Christmas. So just in case you're worried about, do I have enough time? Snoopy will kindly remind you how little time you have until Christmas is here. We have so many like, Christmas calendars that are out there too. I saw a Star Wars Advent calendar. All the Star Wars fans are like, that, that's amazing. You can have little Yoda or maybe Mandalorian baby Yoda tell you how much time is left. Lego City Advent Calendar Building Kit. You can build your own Advent Calendar and count down the days until Christmas. But I want to talk to you about what happened a few thousand years ago because there was a countdown happening then. And the people then didn't necessarily know the date or the time, but there was the same level of anticipation of a Savior that was to be born. Same level of, of looking forward to the time when, when hope would be born. 
and they didn't know when and time, but they, but they knew that it was coming. And there was always talk and rumors and, and discussion about when, when it might happen. All of humanity was looking forward. And the prophets had foretold of a time when the Savior was going to come. And the shepherds, they were watching their flock at night out in the fields when an angel appeared to them. So we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 2 this morning. So in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, it says this, And the angel said to them, the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Have you ever noticed in the Bible how they always say, fear not? Fear not. I, I, I imagine these angels would be terrifying to experience. Because they always show up and go, don't be afraid. Which means they were always afraid every time the angel would show up. And, and so, don't be afraid. These, these angels must have been big and bright and, and intimidating on some level. Don't be afraid. Verse 11, it says, For unto you a, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Well, this sounds exciting. It's like a treasure hunt, right? We're going to go on a treasure hunt. This is the day. It's going to be in a manger, and it's going to be in swaddling clothes um, in the city of David. How many mangers could there possibly be in the city of David? I wonder, like door to door knocking, any babies in this one? Any babies in this barn? Any babies in here? Or maybe as they're walking through, they can hear the cries of a baby. Although Jesus, I mean, he was perfect. He probably never cried, right? I, I don't know. I take that back. He probably cried. But they're looking for him. They're anticipating. They're searching. They're seeking. They're trying to find the baby Jesus, wherever baby Jesus might be, in the city of David. You see, God made arrangements for the gift of his son to be found by those who would seek him. In verse 10, it says this gift from God would be for all people. For all people. So the gift of God is for all people. And it's something that we, as you seek him, you will find him. So are you seeking him today? Are you seeking him even now in this season? Sometimes we can get caught up in the hustle and bustle of hanging lights and putting up trees and getting gifts and, and, and doing the things that we do. Although it's a little less hustle and bustle this year, I might admit. But I will tell you that even in the midst of it all, are we seeking him? Because what you seek, you will find. What you feed will grow. And so what are you seeking? And are you seeking Jesus? You see, anticipation caused them to do more than just marvel at what they heard. They caused, it caused them to seek him. Anticipation caused them to do more than marvel at what they had heard from the angels. It caused them to go and seek him. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 16, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. I found this, that when God teases you with something, when God leads you in a direction, he's not sending you on a wild goose chase. He's sending you somewhere on purpose. When you're seeking, when you're following, he's not just taking you on this random route just to get you moving. He's not looking at your step counter and saying, they need to take more steps, so I'm going to make them move and do stuff. No, there's a purpose to what God is doing. He didn't send the shepherds on a wild goose chase. He sent them on a mission to go find something. 
See, God desires for his followers to seek and find and experience the full measure of his good and perfect gifts. He wants that for each and every one of you. He granted the gifts of his son to be found in the manger. He wanted the savior of the world to be worshiped and adored. And God wants all people to know that this gift, as, as will all good gifts, will come straight from his hand. The point, if you walk away today with just one thing, is this. God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The father of lights, that's kind of an interesting term. In the ancient Jewish term referring to God, and it's describing him for this unique creative ability to design the heavens, the stars, and the sun, and the moon that shine and reflect his beauty, his creative beauty in the sky. He's the father of lights. When we hang lights on our house, I, I, every time I, I, I do think of this, I just think it's like God who created the stars in the heaven. And here we are hanging little stars on my house. Ever since day one of creation, our Heavenly Father has been giving good gifts to His creation. Since the very beginning, we have a God that likes to give good gifts. It's part of the nature of who He is. He's a good Father who gives His kids what they need. And as sons and daughters of of God, that's who you are. He has good gifts for you as well. Picture how Jesus helped people to understand who God is. Because God is a good dad who gives gifts, good gifts to his kids. He's a good dad. Or how about this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. It says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? When my kids give me a request, a list, this season we say, what do you want for Christmas? They give you a list, right? The kids have what they want to get, they're hoping to get under the tree or, or from their parents. They're, they're expect, they have a list, right? Are you going to look at the list and be like, nope, you get lumps of coal this year? No, you're not going to do that because as an earthly human, who, who has, it is imperfect, you know that you want to give good gifts to your kids. So how much more does a heavenly father who is perfect want to give good gifts to his kids? You see, God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. He's a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to end with this. So if the pianist would come, we'll, we'll, we'll close with this this morning. And it's this, is that there's a different kind of hide and seek. We play hide and seek with our kids when they were little. Now they're too old for that. They want to play games on the apps on the phone with, you know, group collaborations or board games, which are still a lot of fun. But back in the beginning, it was hide and seek. And, and when they were little, we, it was a fun game of, of hide-and-seek. 
You see, there's something inside of each of us that enjoy seeking something and finding it. And the Bible even says that it's God's desire and joy to, to hide it, and it's you know, man's desire and joy to go find it. It's like when a scientist discovers something new. Was it new? No, they just discovered it. It was already there. But when a scientist discovers this thing, there's joy that comes into their life from discovering it. For each and every one of us, there's, there's things that we have that we enjoy discovering because that's how God has wired us. In Jeremiah chapter 29, it says, you will seek me and find me with all of your heart. You see, God wants to give, give good gifts, but he wants you to want them. He wants you to give good, he wants to give good gifts, but he wants you to want them. If my kids don't want a PS5 and I buy them a PS5, they're going to be like, oh, nice, you know, it'll sit there and collect dust. But if they want it, then, then maybe we can get it. I don't know, they're here, so probably not. But, but if they want something, they're going to take care of it. If they want something, they're going to value it. If you want something and you seek something, it's going to mean more to you. So what do you want? What are you seeking? And just maybe you'll find it. It's a story that I think I've told here before about a lady who once lost her ring in the garden. The ring fell off somewhere in the middle of the garden. She couldn't find it anywhere. She searched and searched and searched. And, and it was impossible to find it. And she kept tearing up the garden, looking for it, looking for it. She never found the ring that she was looking for. And, and as she continued to, to, eventually she almost gave up on it. In fact, she did. She knew in the back of her mind that this ring had fallen off, but she, couldn't, she never found it. But she continued to work the garden, and every spring when she was tilling it up, she would anticipate finding this ring. And she didn't find it. Years after year after year went by. 16 years later, 16 years later, she was in her garden working, and she was harvesting her crop, and she pulled up this carrot if we can put it on the screen. And there she, there it is, she found it. She found the ring. Eventually the carrot had grown around it and she found the ring that she'd been looking for for all of those years. I want to tell you that God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. What do you need this year? Is it hope? Because he wants to give it to you. Is it joy? He wants to give it to you. Is it peace? What is it that you need right now? And are you seeking and asking God for it? Because he wants to give it to you. I have hope in my heart for where the coronavirus is going to be next year. And that, that life will return back to some level of, of normalcy. Where community can happen again. Where people can be physically in one another's space. Because golly, guys, don't we all desperately crave and need that? The realist in me sometimes wants to downplay my hope and downplay this thing, but I've got to hold fast to the hope that God has given me. And what's the hope in your life? What is the, the joy? What is the peace? Because he can deliver on all of that. I got to tell you that it's, this has been a challenging year in 2020. Uh, lots of things have taken big hits. Businesses have taken hits. People's families have, have taken some hits. Even churches have taken hits. 
For any of you that have been around for the last few years, you can look around and in person you see that there's a fraction of what was here that's here in person. What I do know, because I can see the data on the back end, is that there are hundreds of people that are tuning in and watching throughout the week, and, and, and they're staying connected with, with small groups and whatnot. But here's, here's what I do know, that, that today's circumstances could be discouraging. But I know this, that God's word says that the gates of hell can't stand against the church. The church that he started 2,000 years ago isn't ending in 2020. In fact, I believe this. I believe that the church is going to have a glorious rebirth. And over the next year, not just this church, but every church will have a rebirth that will have a new mission. The things that needed to fall away from our lives will have fallen away from our lives. and have shed it off. We've shed off some stuff that needed to get shed off. But this next year, I believe this, that it's going to be something um, that's going to be a miracle, that churches will start to reach into people and reach into lives and areas that, that were, we've never seen before. And it's time, church. It's time to start getting some hope. It's time to, to catch on to some vision. It's time to start to believe that we serve a God that is bigger than anything that we are going through, anything that we've seen, and that you and I, not the building, you and I, the people of God, the church, will start to rise up. And I really believe that there's going to be a new passion and a new energy and a new vision forward in the church globally. But I think it's going to be right here in our church too. That next year is going to be a miraculous year. We're going to see God do things that we've only dreamed about. And he's doing a new thing in Albuquerque. And I believe that we're going to be part of it. We're going to be part of it. Because we serve a good God who wants to give good gifts for his kids. Because he is a good, good God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for how good you are. God, we thank you that you have given hope and, and joy and peace and love and, and support. And, and God, I just ask that as we seek you, we will find you. Help us, God, to, to stir up a passion to seek you again. Help us to be able to, 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 to find you, God. Guide our steps. Guide our times in prayer and worship. God, I pray that, that you would help us be the church. Help us be the hands and the feet of Jesus everywhere that we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Um, thank you for being COVID safe. It's helping our door stay open, and it's helping our church to continue to function. I'm really grateful for that. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in online. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and Merry Christmas.